Welcome to the Serious Social podcast, created by the straight-talking social media experts at Immediate Future. In this week's episode, I'm joined by Zoe Gill to discuss fixing your wider marketing programs for 2022 and how social integrates to accelerate and enhance the impact to business. We're back with our serious social lives after a very long summer break. Um, And this time we're going to talk about a little bit more about big picture thinking, because for many of our clients and brands, they are now beginning to think about planning for next year. So when you work every day in social, it's really easy to think the whole world is just about social. (laughs) Of course, it isn't. In fact, social is terrifically leaky and gets everywhere, touching all the channels and melting into all your campaigns. So if you're smart, then you'll consider social as the oil in your marketing engine. That means having a wider view of marketing, a better understanding of how they all fit together and ways to uncover the kind of synergies that will make things work better. So to help us see where the broader marketing plans are heading in 2022, I'm joined by Zoe Gill of Little Moo Marketing, a fabulous B2B marketeer with experience from, oh God, just so much experience from strategy to execution. And together we're going to talk about planning. Let me bring Zoe on board. Uh, Together we're going to talk about planning. Hi, Zoe. Hi. (laughs) Um, Why don't we start, Zoe, with you just giving us a little bit more background about yourself? Sure. No worries. Thanks, Katie. And thanks for inviting me along today as well. Um, So, um, yeah, I've been really fortunate. I've worked in marketing for nearly 20 years now um, from everything across events, business process outsourcing, in-house agency. But but fundamentally, it's given me this really nicely rounded view, not just of marketing, but actually the commercial aspects of a business, which I think are really important. So, now I get to work from sort of end to end. So research and diagnostics, uh, planning and strategy, but the actually actual doing and execution um, and importantly, measuring as well to see what impact it's having. So I guess really I'm, I'm a marketing generalist um, is, is where I sit now. So, yeah, that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> I love it. And I, I, and I don't know how you ho- I have enough trouble holding social in my head. I don't know quite how you <laughs> hold all that in your head. <laughs> Uh, but uh, and that's really interesting for many b2b marketeers and businesses the chaos of the last 18 months and the jumping through very short-term goals because we it's been very hard to plan hasn't it means now we're kind of getting back you know assuming things are getting back slightly more back to normal to really serious planning and fixing all the things that we kind of broke last year. What do you see as the biggest challenge and how do you start to fix these, these issues? So, so I think one of the biggest challenges is, is where a lot of companies used to have historic data that they knew what sources work well, what sources generated leads. The pandemic has kind of basically just taken that, given it a good shake and muddled things up into a different into different trends and different patterns. So I think one of the biggest challenges initially is understand what impact your activities are having now. Don't assume they're going to perform in the way they always did pre-pandemic. So spend a bit of time in data, in analytics, and just, just understanding what your users are up to now. Um, but don't do it once, like do it every month. 
keep doing it and and then you're going to start understanding those minor and major shifts that take place on an ongoing basis yeah i i couldn't agree with you more um and and in fact you know we did we created this report um from interviews with other marketeers in the b2b world and one thing that was very clear was data is at the heart of everything and you That's really nice. can't be looking at old data people are changing i mean we've seen in social to give you an example of a more integrated approach is the move away from um you know, lead magnets, you know, they're old fashioned, download my white paper. Well, <laughs> yeah. you know what? we've kind of had enough of that as buyers. So yeah. your your buyer community is is not so keen to hand over data um, without something of a value exchange. And that means that in social, you need to think much broader and brand matters. This idea that it's not just about capturing those that are ready to buy right now, but yeah. those that that it's making you memorable. So when they are ready to buy, they remember you and come to you. So I think there's, there is a sea change we're beginning to see, certainly with buyers and the more advanced B2B brands are beginning to think like that, think bigger scale rather than down in the bottom of the funnel. Yeah. I think, I think the, the trust aspect and building that trust has become even more important. I think, you know, last year people became really nervous of making decisions that normally they'd make in the click of a finger. So, you know, so I think people are a little bit more risk averse. They know they need to take some risks, but they want a safe pair of hands to guide them through doing that to give them the confidence. So yeah, yeah completely agree. Completely agree. So one element we cannot ignore that's accelerated now we're able to talk about the wider marketing things is digital transformation. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody seems to be either doing or do. Uh, yeah. and it's a massive topic. Um, but it's in huge. a top it is huge. Uh, but in a top line way, what yeah. are the priorities for companies you're speaking to? Uh, um what what what's kind of to the fore because we're you know it's not something that's going to happen overnight yeah so I think you know tying in with actually what we just said like people are expecting more now they you know they want that content they want to feel educated they want to feel like they're learning they want to feel like they're getting value and actually to do that it has to be that omni-channel approach it's not just about the multi-channel it's about making sure there's this consistent experience through everything so that they get that value. Um, and I think behind the scenes, it's actually about getting the right systems in place to make that efficient. So you haven't got a marketing team behind the scenes doing everything manually. You know, you're you're building in automation that's accurate throughout the process as well. Um, and just speeding up that that engagement, you know, making getting people to engage. You've got a customer there. What can you do to continually engage them and fundamentally bring them back in when they're ready to make that inquiry and not just in in research stage well, that's just it's so true actually and I, I hate the term omnichannel because people throw it around without knowing what they what they mean but in the respect of what you're getting at is is that whole coordination the spinning of plates in the right way Absolutely. Um, and it's really interesting eight and ten b2b leaders say that om omnichannel <laughs> is as or more effective than traditional methods um and i think this is growing quite sharply is the understanding that you know i talk about social being leaky but actually everything is moving together and it's it's not like we the way we used to plan you know 30 years ago where it was very clear there was almost a demarcation the 
part of digital transformation that's really hard to get your head around is the fact that everything sort of melts together. I, I'm not expressing it very well, but you know, I mean, it's sort of everything has an impact on everything else. It, it does, and I think actually from from going back to that kind of omni-channel and the the, the experience being at the centre of all that. If you haven't got all of your channels telling a similar story you know then someone's going to go hang on you're expecting me to go from chapter one to chapter five but you you haven't told me the middle bit so it being joined up is so important to be yeah consistent and use everything consistently and that's that's even more interesting because even in social so linkedin um say that you know it's somewhere between five and nine touch points you know that the idea that you can you can immediately push people to sale is 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 a real fallacy um and it also misses that opportunity so we we talk when we talk about b2b social much more in terms of nudge nurture yeah um which kind of brings us quite nicely round to because we talked about what brands want to do but actually what are our buyers doing and and how do we approach our audience where tell us where you think business you should be in terms of personalization yeah so um it obviously it's going to vary for every business but fundamentally for me brands have to make that emotional connection with the end user again even more so after last year like I hate keep referring to last year but I think (laughs) what it's done is people who are searching and looking for solutions to their problems, they're they're even more focused. They don't want to waste time consuming content that isn't relevant and they will probably move on even more quickly than they ever did before. But I think understanding customers, what their pain points are, what their challenges are, what keeps them awake at night, they want to feel like there's, despite the fact you're having a one-to-many conversation, that it's a one-to-one conversation. And I think that's the key thing for me in terms of personalization, where you're trying to hook them in is make them feel like you are talking to them one to one, despite it being one to many. Um, obviously, you know, there's lots of tools that can help with personalization once you've hooked them in. Um, for me, those tools kind of, you know, approach with caution, test them a lot. Um, you know, the exam results of 2020 were a perfect example of how, um, you know, AI can skew things um and go off piece so you know just just test but try and make sure those interactions are as personalized as possible and in fact that's a really good point i think quite a lot of planning for next year should be around test and learn we have audiences shifting so much that you know because of the change in travel the change in whether we're at home or not at home or uh, change in business means that we're going through those shifting sands and I've done this once when we went from analog to digital so you know (laughs) when we've gone from recession to back up there again and my general feeling is that if you cannot stick to a solid plan you have to test and learn all the way through. Yeah, and I think it's, you know, that test and learn, absolutely, I think that's an ongoing part of marketing, you know, a, build in a small test each month, whether it be a new ad on or a new market on paid or, you know, a different piece of content, but but test quickly and learn quickly, you know, so do short tests. If you can gather yeah. enough data in two weeks, do a two-week test yeah. and then make the decision, do you tweak and go again or actually is it just a no-go? So, yeah ongoing learning without yeah, doubt. absolutely uh, another interesting part is that we're seeing in social is that rise of neuromarketing and b2b 
which kind of focuses more on the psychology. And we've been terrible at this in B2B. We tend to go, oh, they're buyers and their job title is this and they work in this country or in this kind of enterprise or whatever it is, rather than actually thinking about the psychology of key buyers and decision makers, a shift from kind of the topic-driven you know, here we are and we're going to talk cloud to persona driven and psychographic marketing. So when we talk about personalization, it's not like, you know, hey, you with the two kids living in Guildford or wherever it is, you know, it's it's much more. <laughs> yeah. I'm just making stuff up now. <laughs> I like it. That's a cool persona. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it matters because only 21% of buyers believe that they're given relevant information from vendors, um, despite them spending more time researching their purchases in social and beyond um and and more importantly if it's relevant your b2b buyers are more uh, something like 85 percent of them are more likely to share with the the wider decision making unit and we know more than anything now that for the majority of b2b companies that there it's not one person making the decision to buy yeah so um, I, I found some really interesting data from HubSpot, uh, some insights from, from HubSpot looking at, at buyers. And they say 56% of respondents say they consume more types of sales and marketing material than they did pre-2020. And marketing uh, marketers are reporting that they spend more than 40% of their budget on content production. One of the really big challenges faced by marketers is content creation, whether it's for social or email or any other promotions. So how should they approach this challenge? (laughs) Big question. No. Um, So for me, the headline of this is keep it simple. Like, don't try and do content for content's sake you know there is nothing worse than going oh we've set the target of producing you know three assets or three resources or three bits of content and then going oh doesn't feel like we've got a solid topic but we have to produce it like just don't make sure it's quality every time you know um make sure you're doing doing it regularly and doing it consistently but always quality it has to be relevant like you said there's so much more content out there than ever before you want your content to be that piece that really does give them um sort of educates them provides them with insights and and adds value that's really key as well um so research your topics you know most organizations have the experts for the services you're selling grill them interview them listen to calls they're having with customers or prospects so you can hear firsthand what those people are saying and then create the content around it but one other bit of advice I've got is once you've created a bit of content don't just publish it and move on revisit that bit of content can you create a graphic off the back of it a video some mini blogs a mini series you know make the most milk milk it I guess um, is the way to go but yeah easy to consume quality over quantity and make the most of the content you're producing as well those would be my my top tip oh super super absolutely and one of the key parts to working out whether your content is good is a value exchange is is to really and it's quite a hard exercise often you have to do it with other people because you need more brains in the in the mix is why why does this matter to your audience yeah. we're, we're 
in B2B, we're, we're, we're very features and benefits led. Um, it's the way we've been taught to think. But actually, the world has changed different to a different perspective. And it's uh, if we can nail the why, why does this matter to the CTO? Why does this matter to the FD? Yeah. Why does this matter to, to a marketing manager, whoever it is you're selling to? My point is, if you can nail that, then you actually begin to understand how the customer fits into that journey to purchase and what their expectation is at each level. And it's that's the depth that you need to go to now with all content, in my view. And whenever we see those ads that do so well or those promotions or that content that does so well, when you really look at it, you think somebody has really thought about this really thought about what matters to the customer or the 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 viewer or whatever it is has really given it some thought it's not an easy job but it's better to slow down do less and as you say shatter it atomize it afterwards yeah and I think actually content wise it's social is a really good tool to use to see what topics are resonating as well so I think it's where we were talking about testing before you know there's no harm in testing some topics on social if you can't get a feel you know but do some tests put it out there see what people engage with and let that help drive it again it's going back to that data piece like let data help guide you into the right right direction so i want to just switch to another piece of which actually plays into a lot of content because trade events have been the staple of b2b marketing toolkits for Ever, I think. Um, And 97% of B2B marketers say that in-person events are critical to the success of their business. What do you think will happen next year? Hmm. So I think events, I I think events will make a return. I think there's a real appetite. I think some some industries probably more so than others. Um, But I do think there's a real appetite for events. You know, those that are social very sociable we're kind of craving um those social aspects and i think i think it comes back to what we've been saying about content i think there's just a lot more thought and detail that has to go into not just what what you're going to say at those trade events but but the why again you know that that why piece is so important but what's going to make your stand more appealing and how are you going to engage with them both before during and after the event you know keeping them engaged I, th- I don't know about you, Katie, but it feels like some decision making processes are are a little bit slower than before. So that that need to keep them engaged after that initial conversation is is really important. You can't it's not on them to remember you. You've got to keep reminding them of you. Yeah, that's a whole nurture part of, yeah. of the nudge nurture, which we, we sort of trips off our tongue. But it really is the nudge to the next level, the nurture, 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 because not every product is bought you know every week and it's yeah. uh, you've also got you know the issues of of some stuff requiring more than one person to purchase so nurturing is 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 super important i i agree and that personalization piece you know if you're in a position where actually you can you know the the account manager the salesperson the product whoever had that conversation can actually send a one to one email that's like it was great to chat to you about xyz like if you can personalize that post event follow up then do, you know, make them feel like someone has made the effort to, to speak to them on a one-to-one basis. Um, it will really help help with that stickiness, I suspect. So we talked a little about test and learn, but I'd like to, you know, the way you learn is through measuring, isn't 
measure something. But rather than go into the nitty gritty, I wondered whether or not we could just have a quick conversation about when we look at the big picture, everything, as uh, because you look at everything, what are the core metrics you look for? Um, should we think about attribution models as a as a kind of de facto standard? I don't know what the answer to this one is. So, so in my opinion, the answer is yes. Like there should absolutely be be a picture of that kind of overall piece and assisted conversions. Um, you know, reporting that I've done for clients. If you look at that traditional last click, the reality is the majority of them are either going to be a direct visit to your website or they're probably going to be through an organic Google search. You know, there will be others, but on the most part, that's what you see. And if you look at that, there's a real risk that anyone, especially sort of in in the finance arena, could go, well, why are we spending money on paid and why are we spending money on this? Um, So actually viewing, viewing inquiries or visits, whatever your goals and metrics are, as the whole journey is so important because as soon as you start picking away the interactions from first to last, and everything in between, you start building the picture about actually where social comes into it and where paid comes into it. And you will quickly see if one of those cards is pulled, actually you're probably going to reduce your overall, you know, um, sort of inquiries, leads, what, whatever your measure may be. So absolutely, in my opinion, you know, always look at the full journey, not just the last click. Uh, yeah, uh, so true. <laughs> Absolutely so true. Uh, because we one of the things we see in social is that social can act throughout the journey, but it has different impacts. And, you know, couple it with something like email marketing and it, it, it doubles the impact of email marketing or it gets open rates better or it increases search demand. Yeah. Um, and if you're not watching everything, you won't see that, that where those how everything works together. Absolutely. It's really easy to pull something without having that insight and then go, what's happened? So, yeah, it's really important. So uh, we've seen some departments get quite, marketing departments get quite small over the last couple of years and they're building back up. Yeah. Um, what what are the skill sets for the future? Are we going to be hiring that, you know, what talent do we need to achieve success? Yeah. So so I think there's a real balance. And I've seen this, you know, through the roles I've done in in the last couple of years and also clients I'm working with now. But there's a real need both for that generalist piece. So almost kind of the conductor, I guess, of a team that can kind of understand all the areas of the mix. But there has to be the experts as well. You know, you do need people. You need people who live and breathe social, who live and breathe paid, who live and breathe SEO to really make those things work and work well. And I think it's the kind of job of the generalist, the head of the manager to feel comfortable and confident in going, that isn't my expertise, but we need it to make this plan successful. You know, that's okay. We can't all know everything. Um, So, so, yeah, I think it's a real blend. But it's the the you know confidence to go. That's not my bag. But we need someone whose is. Yeah, I always remember ages and ages. I mean, years ago, Ashley Friedline really picked up on uh, uh, the T-shaped marketeer. You know, that has broad knowledge but but specialises in one thing. I I, I, I I whenever I hear this, I always think, yeah, you can't know everything. I mean, even no. in social alone, you can't know everything. I I I I love insights. I absolutely love social media. But 
when it comes to paid, I'm no expert. I have colleagues who just yeah. know their stuff when it comes to that. And just that's not me. <laughs> I just yeah. for some reason it's just not me. It is building your team tactically like they would in the sports world, you know, get the right players in the right position who are really good and they're built for that. And they've got the minds for that, you know, build build your team to 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 its strengths. Yeah. Yeah. So much so. What what do you think are the big priorities for 2022 then? What what should, as we as we roll into the end of the year? So I'm I'm potentially a little bit biased here, so I'd be interested to see what your your take on this is, Casey, after I've said it. But um, for me, it's content. You know, the old phrase from the early 2000s, content is king, I think is, you know, going to ring true and the phrase is going to come back more and more. Um, but meaningful metrics as well. So like I said, you know, use the data. And if you haven't got the data, focus on finding out how you access it. Um for me, plans are tweaked and changed on a monthly basis for client based on what we've seen through the data. Um, you know, we react to it or we do more of something or we do less of something. So keep your metrics simple. Don't get lost in 500 things that you want to track every month. You know, pick a dozen, pick a dozen that when you look at them each month can give you meaningful and actionable insight, not just a number to capture it on a spreadsheet because, you know, that 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 becomes time consuming for the wrong reason so yeah content yeah. and metrics and also it can shove you down a rabbit hole can't it you can absolutely yeah um yeah for me i would yeah absolutely agree with everything you say and all pretty much what you've threaded throughout this which is you know yes personalization yes data yes about nudge and nurture um but also um brand you know, for B2B marketers now, brand has got to play uh, a, a larger than majority play in, in the content we produce, which means a lot more thing. And I'm, I'm when I talk brand, I'm really not talking about your logo. OK, <laughs> brand is not that. OK. Um, um, and I think I think there's that side of it and the need for building relationships and trust because maybe it's because we've all been you know locked away (laughs) I don't know it feels like it but the the desire to create relationships with the brands that we're buying from is 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 definitely very high so I think uh, that's that means relationships with your employees which brings in things like employee advocacy we did a webinar on that yesterday Um, things like community um, yep. All of these things are much bigger picture thinking that uh, bleeds into culture and employee kind of it, happiness. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Zoe. It's been, Thanks for having me. Just, I, love, I love the bigger perspective because it reminds all of us in marketing that, that it's never just one thing and it's part of the joy of marketing isn't it is that we get to juggle so many I mean it gets chaotic sometimes but (laughs) you know and you've been a star helping us kind of navigate how best to do that so going forward we are um we're not going to be running our serious social lives every week because we're not shut away anymore and uh, we're out and about. So we'll be doing some real world events in between, but we will be, do- we will be doing monthly. We'll be back next month. Um, other than that, have a lovely weekend. Thanks again, Zoe. And I'll see you soon. 
If you're after more know-how to break the social boring, subscribe now and check out the show notes for links to our website and social profiles. 